What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a another episode of the Breaking the Game podcast. You guys all know me. I'm Stephen Gillespie, one of the co-hosts here on the show. Um, my buddy Austin, and also co-host of the show, called out wanting to spend time with his family. So here I am doing the same thing. This lovely lady joining me today just so happens <laughs> to be my wife of almost ten years. We've known each other for about ten years. Um, you know this. This March coming up will be 10 years of marriage, and her name is Brianna Gillespie. She is a full-time college student, mother of three, pregnant with our fourth child, and, you know, just overall super Wonder Woman. Brianna, how are you doing today, sweetheart? Uh, Doing pretty good. I got my coffee, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) All set with your coffee? Yeah. How do you drink your coffee? Half and half with like a little dash of like sugar creamer but not much. Not much. Well, I mean, you know, I don't drink coffee, so no. it all takes, it all tastes nasty to me. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweetheart, I'm, it, it makes me so happy that you're being super nice and sharing in something that, you know, I'm very passionate about in the game of basketball. You're not the biggest sports fan in the world, but no. to me, it just, it, it fills my heart so much that you want to spend this time with me tonight. And, you know, you're going to kind of be the, for people who watch the Colin Cowherd show, you know, he has, you know, an assistant on the show that kind of helps facilitate questions, kind of guide the audience through the conversation and, you know, kind of helps Colin get warmed up for the segments as they go. That's what my wonderful wife, Brianna, is going to be doing for us tonight. She's going to be the joy on the show. She's going to be, you know, navigating you through with her lovely voice, um, you know, each segment that we're going to be talking about. And she's just going to do an amazing job of, you know, setting me up with all the, you know, it's going to be a sh- kind of a short show. We only got about three segments that we're going to get into just some what I like to call, you know, cleanup work, um, a couple of hirings going on in the NBA. Things are going to be picking up soon, though. Um, so I just want to let everyone know real quick, though, before we get started, that the break in the game show is brought to you by the off the ball network. You can follow the off the ball network on Twitter at OTB underscore network. And at Instagram at Off the Ball Network. Go to Facebook too and look for our Facebook page as well. And then go to the offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs. So, with that being said, I got us brought into the show. Brianna, sweetheart, what are we going to be talking about first? So, the first one that we were going to talk about is Mike D. Dan Tony. And Tony, sorry. The last name's tricky for me. (laughs) Yep. It's all hyphenated and stuff. It's <laughs> right. But the, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the first thing, you know, I wanted to see was what do you think? Like, what do you feel about him, you know, coming on as as head coach? Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, sweetheart, that, um, you know, he was the head coach this last year in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, they they come into the season not really committing to him, him not committing to the team. He, he you know, his attorney actually. um was kind of made some pretty questionable comments that, you know, once you make these comments, it makes it hard for, it's like 
in a, in a relationship, right? Sweetheart, where, yeah. you know, if, if I'm just for whatever reason, I'm, I promise I'm really never like this, but if I'm kind of mean to you one day, right. Yeah. Um, and then still want to spend time with you, you may look at me some kind of way. Right. So yeah, probably. <laughs> right. So same, same type of thing here, right. Where, um, D'Antoni and his lawyer said some things, the Rockets said some things yeah. and, you know, they still come into the season expecting to, to, to be successful. Um, yeah. but it's, it's just crazy, right? Because Mike D'Antoni probably thought coming into this year, um, you know, not a lot of teams, uh, you know, had openings prior to this season. Right. So he comes in coaches this whole year, um, yeah. maybe kind of over exceeds based off the roster they have. Yeah. And, you know, several job openings happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, places like New York, Oklahoma City, Indiana, Philadelphia, the Clippers, like all these places open up and Mike D'Antoni in Brooklyn, obviously, too. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike D'Antoni still doesn't have a job. And so yeah. there's only one place right now still looking for a coach, and that's Oklahoma City. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're not interested or he would be interviewing yeah. for that job. Yeah. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Mike's probably looking around saying, well, huh, I don't really have a place where I can go coach right now. Uh, the guy that I used to coach, right, Steve Nash, is now the head coach in Brooklyn, and he doesn't have coaching experience. So, yeah, I mean, do, what do you think, sweetie? Does it kind of make sense that that Nash would bring in Dan Tony? I mean, I think it does. It's it's a safe choice because, you know, he's familiar with Mike. And, you know, and, and again, like you you have you have someone that has zero coaching experience besides just playing mm-hmm. and so the fact that he has like his coach that pretty much taught him you know and it's not and it's not just mike but you know he's trying to gather people around him that can give him experience to help him be a coach because right now you know there's that you know that odd like could he be a good coach when he doesn't have any experience. So like, I think it's neat that he wanted Mike to even be a part of that team to help him be the best. Cause I, I think that's, it's a smart choice, but it's also safe. It's a safe option. Yeah. I mean, because Nash has zero coaching experience. He brought on a former teammate and another guy that played underneath mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni in Phoenix and Amari Stoudemire. Um, those to also played with Sean Marks, who is the general manager. So it's like yeah. the the Phoenix Suns are reuniting in Brooklyn right now. So it would be only yeah. fitting that Mike D'Antoni yeah. would come and, and be the coach there, right? So mm-hmm. they they had a lot of success in Phoenix though, too. Like I yeah. think that people criticize Mike a little bit, right, for his playoff yeah. success, right, Brianna? They they do because he's got that um, that reputation as someone who. He can get people, he can get teams to the playoffs, but when it comes to actually winning, he he's on there. He's been kind of labeled like he can't manage the team properly to get them past the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, his approach, you know, seems to work because it gets them there. But as far as helping them win, that seems to be his, his struggle. And that's something that I'm kind of, you know, kind of confused about if he can get them there, why can't he not, get them further past the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, it's all situational basis yeah. as most things in life are right. Like when he was coaching the team in, in Phoenix, they were playing against the Spurs and that seemed like for several years, yeah. like it was, you know, basically NBA tradition that the Suns and the Spurs were going to play against each other. Yeah. Um, 
Robert Horry of the San Antonio Spurs actually hip checked Steve Nash. And mm-hmm. a lot of people point to that as a scenario where like, well, if Steve Nash doesn't get hip checked, um, maybe the Suns go on to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals and they get a ring. And then Mike D'Antoni is an NBA championship level head coach yeah. and we all look at him different, right? Or yeah. like the team that he just left in in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Paul, you know, is leading basically the Rockets with James Harden, of course, obviously, um, in a in a great series against the Golden State Warriors. But he gets hurt as Chris Paul often does in the yeah. in the postseason. It feels like so with and people look at that as another pivotal moment. Whereas you know if if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, maybe you know they they do beat the Golden State Warriors and again represent mm-hmm. the Western Conference. And then we're looking at Mike D'Antoni as an NBA championship head coach, um, and he's viewed at completely differently. Right? It's yeah. It, it's really odd. Like you look at it almost in the same situation as Andy Reid in the NFL. I know you're not a big, you know, a football fan, right? Yeah. Bree? But yeah, there's a NBA or there's an NFL head coach, Andy Reid, who was very, you know, he was considered a great offensive mind. He led a couple of teams to the Super Bowl, even like the Philadelphia Eagles and couldn't win the big game. And it wasn't yeah. until he got into Kansas city and had Patrick Mahomes, that he wins a Super Bowl ring, and now all of a sudden people view him differently. It's kind of the same thing with Mike D'Antoni, yeah. Um, in, in his previous places, so, um, it yeah, it's crazy. And then um, my buddy Samuel Newmiller, um, who I served with in, in on the submarine, right? He mm-hmm. he wrote in and says that I think that there are too many big names in Brooklyn that it doesn't really matter who you hire there, and that's a fair criticism, Sam, because the they have. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who are two of the most polarizing, um, criticized names in the NBA. It's not that they're just big names, but it's their player personality type. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost kind of it. I think it, though, looking at it, it's almost a perfect formula, right? Because you can't have Kyrie Irving with LeBron James. And we saw what happened there, that that he runs away and wants his own spot. You can't have Kyrie Irving with a coach like Brad Stevens and young players and like he was in Boston or he runs away or you can't have Kevin Durant and Golden State winning rings, keeping him happy with Draymond Green. So it's almost like you have two guys that are similar in that manner getting together. They get a young head coach who is very player friendly, obviously being a former MVP, very successful, um, a very player friendly head coach or assistant coach now in D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire. It it almost seems like it's going to be boomer bust, right? Like it's got to be the, it's either going to be the perfect situation or it's highly combustible and it won't work at all. Yeah. Yeah. So Bree was, um, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on for Mike D'Antoni being hired in Brooklyn or, um, well, not, not just being hired in Brooklyn, but like one thing that I found that was really cool about, um, about Mike that I was, when I was digging into my research about him was that back when he played on the team USA, um, he was actually teammates with Kobe Bryant's dad. So mm-hmm. I thought it was neat that he kind of got to know Kobe Bryant as a kid. So he yeah. pretty much knew him before he became this this big player. And so I thought that was neat how he got to – essentially he was friends with his dad, he was his teammate, but also he knew Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, and obviously this year um, being the year that we're, yeah. we we remember everything that Kobe Bryant did yeah. for the NBA, um, it's tough. Se- is a is a tough season in a lot of regards. Um, one yeah. of that being one of the most 
um, difficult things happening to the NBA yeah. this year. But um, it, it's definitely nice to be able to remember, you know, things like that where Mike D'Antoni yeah. knew Kobe, you know, because of his relationship with his father. Yeah. So that that's yeah. that's pretty neat. Yeah, I think so too. So I guess uh, we'll move on to uh, Stephen Silas, and mm. uh, he was a pretty interesting uh, person to look into and see as far as you know who he was and you know what you know qualifies him as as a coach. So uh, my first question that I had was, um, how do you think he's going to do? as as a coach like how do you think he's going to do well it's interesting right because we had mike d'antoni who just coached there he's brought on as an assistant and then soon after we find out that steven silas has hired on to be mm -hmm. his replacement in houston now mm -hmm. this hiring is different in a lot of manners because one uh, he wasn't a candidate that we were hearing a lot a yeah. lot of names like jeff van gundy um and and um you know, candidates like that were, were considered a John Lucas, who has been a longtime assistant in the NBA. Mm -hmm. um, Steven Silas wasn't a name that wasn't circulating that much, but yeah, you know, his dad, Paul was very successful, was a longtime coach in the NBA, was a former Boston Celtic. So, you know, he, he has a lot of great standing in the NBA. And so that helps mm -hmm. him, that helps out Steven in, in the, in the fact yeah. that one, he, you, you could argue like, well, he's got coaching in his DNA, like that intangible, yeah. Um, you know, he just understands the game. Um, but also he's been around the game. He's witnessed a lot of changes. Um, he's been an assistant mm -hmm. for, I think what, like 14 seasons. Um, yeah. so, you know, he was an assistant in places like golden state where he got to work with Steph mm -hmm. Curry, Cleveland, where he got to work with players like LeBron James. Um, he's been a scout before he's been involved in player development. He's, mm -hmm. he's been around the game for so long that it's, yeah. It seems like it's been about time, you know, in his stint with the um, Charlotte Hornets, when Steve Clifford, who is now the coach of the Orlando Magic, was the coach there. He fell ill for about two months, maybe. Um, and Stephen Silas filled in as kind of the interim head coach mm -hmm. there, if you will. So and, you know, the Hornets are always kind of a friend. We're always kind of a fringe playoff team with Steve Clifford. So, you know, you figure that had to help, you know, yeah. a little bit develop his how am I going to handle being the lead guy at least for a little bit right so yeah um, it's interesting I'm I'm interested to see how he does in his relationship with James Harden and Russell Westbrook because like mm -hmm. I said he's been around stars before um but this is a tough spot you know a lot of yeah. NBA head coaches look at Houston and at James Harden in particular he's the type of guy that will dribble the air out of the ball and mm -hmm. you know play a lot of hero ball and a lot of NBA level head coaches will look at that and say, that's not really the right way to play basketball. But yeah. in the NBA, there's what we call player empowerment, right? So with player empowerment being a thing, you have to understand that, like, I know that this isn't the best way to play basketball, but I know in order for me to land one of only 30 jobs in the entire world that are like this, I have to let Harden play the way that he wants to play, because if not... Yeah then I'm, then I'm going to lose my job because coaches will get fired quicker than anything. Right. So yeah. it's, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, Silas, you know, develops a game plan that centers around um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook there. You know, we're going to talk about Daryl Morey here in a little bit, I'm sure. But yeah, um, he, yeah. he took off out of Houston because he looked at this roster. They don't really have a lot of money. Um, 
Yeah. Not a lot of players are going to want to take pay cuts to come play with, you know, um, with James Harden. So I'm, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Silas handles this situation for sure. But, you know, there, there, we can't make it, you know, this it's already been made a deal if you want to call yeah. it that for lack of a better word. But you know, the fact that he's a, an African American head coach is great for the NBA. Yeah. I think, oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad that, that he got a fair shake and I've actually read reports where he was like, I didn't even think that I was going to get the job. I thought I was just basically someone yeah. that they had to interview with the, you know, the Rooney rule and things like that. So yeah. um, I'm glad that, that Houston was aware enough to say, you know, we not only want a great NBA head coach, which I think that Silas is going to turn out to be a good NBA head coach, but we also need to address the issue of, you know, you know, making sure that we hire the best candidate available. You know, they didn't go for a retread. They didn't go for a Jeff Van Gundy who, you know, hasn't been successful. Like Bree, he wasn't success. Like he last coached in the NBA when I was like 16. Mm -hmm. So like I'm 30 now. So like that was the last (laughs) time he held an NBA job. And I'm glad that they didn't hire him. I'm glad that they brought in a, a, a guy to give him a chance like a Steven Silas. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, you know, Steven Silas, he's he's going to be kind of like a wild card, essentially, because like mm-hmm. he's either going to be an awesome coach, you know, coming into it with really no experience at all. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it, it just it'll be a bust. It won't work out. I mean, we'll you know, we'll obviously find out as, as it continue as he, you know, coaches the Houston, you know, we'll see as he, you know, furthers in, but, you know, hopefully, you know, he, he becomes a good coach because this could help his career down the road because if he can, you know, beat the odds and show other people out there like, Hey, you know, I came into this with no experience, but, you know, I think it would help him a lot down the road, especially if this, you know, is his break basically for him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even think about it like that. You know, maybe Houston is the long-term goal for him. Maybe he mm-hmm. does well in Houston and kind of overcomes the the odds of the roster and the cap issue that he has yeah. available because I, I like the fact that Houston went with a creative mind with Silas, yeah. right? Because he's a developmental guy. He's a scout. He so he's, he's not just a, you know, and one of these old school, you know, bring your lunch pill type of, you know, NBA yeah. head coaches, you know, um, and plus, you know, his educational background on top of his coaching and and family experience that he has. Um, uh, what what degree does he have, Brianna? He has a bachelor's in uh, sociology and management. And mm-hmm. he also while he was at Brown University, he did four seasons as a basketball player for Brown University. So you know, not only does he have an education background, but he also has experience as a basketball player. So I think that if you were to take those two things, I think that that would benefit and that would help him as a coach because he has that experience there. Because to me, you know, when it comes to basketball, it's good to have that education there too. Yeah. Yeah. You need both. Yeah. And plus, I mean, the, the degree that he has sociology, you know, mm-hmm. that's basically a study of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And how to communicate effectively. So he can approach it with the the years of experience that he has as an assistant, as a son of a longtime mm-hmm. NBA lifer. Um, mm-hmm. And then also his playing experience at a collegiate level, you know, at yeah. Brown, you yeah. know, where he played all four years there. And, and now he, 
has the coaching job where a lot of the NBA is, you know, dealing with relationships. So, I mm-hmm. mean, he's probably one of the more and that's likely why he got the job. You know, he's yeah. one of the more qualified, if not the most qualified of all candidates that haven't had a chance to effectively just go in and be yeah. an NBA level head coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess the last thing for, for him is I didn't get a chance to like look into it, but I, I think that his philosophy style is going to, I'm curious to see like, his approach to coaching, what it's going to be like. I'm curious to see like what his philosophy style is going to be, you know, when he's on the court and he's dealing with all the players and the games. So I'm very curious to see like what his philosophy style is going to be with his background and everything that he has. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing like what that's going to be. Yeah. I think that it could be one of those things where, you know, that he kind of lets his players, you know, probably play through a bad situation you know, mm-hmm. being an encourager, but also, you know, um, you know, enforce when things aren't really going the right way. Um, mm-hmm. it, it may be more of a like a personality personality manager more yeah. so than just, you know, hammering in X's and O's. So, yeah, you, you may be on to something with that point. Yeah. And so I guess now we're going to move on to uh, Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was uh, pretty interesting to look up to and, you know, look out you know, facts about him because he was the general manager of the Houston Rockets. Right. And he just recently like retired from that. So what are your thoughts on um, him retiring from the Houston Rockets? Well, for, well, not only did he retire from there, but he got hired on in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, it just strikes me as weird because whenever he exited Houston, it seemed like it was just like, I'm just kind of done with yeah. the NBA for a little bit, right? Like, do you have that quote pulled up or his uh, interview pulled I, up where, where I he, do. yeah, where he just go ahead and refresh the the audience here on, on what he said upon exiting Houston. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. I, yeah. Oh, okay. So for him, like I thought his, his was actually pretty, uh, let me find it real quick. He said that, Sorry. Give me one no, second. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay, sweetie. Not a problem. Yeah. I had because... it on. Yeah. No, so, he okay. said, so he said, uh, for me, it was just a great run. Personally, the timing worked out great for me because his youngest had just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about taking like a year off to just kind of spend time with family, kind of make up for, I guess, the time that you know, he could have spent with his family. So I thought it was interesting that he up and joins Philadelphia after, you know, he, you know, said, Hey, I'm going to just step down. (laughs) You know, my youngest just graduated high school. I got this, you know, I'm ready to just kind of just take it easy for a little while. And then he just does that. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It's almost like, I'm just, I just want to ride off into the sunset, you know, spend some time down and, (laughs) and, and hang out with the family. Right. And then of not, you know, just a couple of days later, he's brought on in Philadelphia who just hired Doc Rivers to be their head coach. And they Mm -hmm. brought on, you know, Dave Yeager to be like a defensive coordinator of sorts. And they brought in Doc Rivers, old assistant head coach, too, and Sam Cassell when it looked like he didn't really have much to do in, in Los Angeles anymore without Doc. So 
Yeah, bringing in Daryl Morey I thought was pretty interesting again because it looked like he was just done with the NBA. You know, him stepping down in Houston to me was like an admission of wrongs because like I mentioned earlier that there's so much money tied into Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Mm-hmm. And with the play style there, not a lot of people are going to want to take pay cuts to go play there. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I think that Daryl Morey kind of looked at the fact that he painted himself into a corner a little bit yeah. and was just like, all right, I got to step down because I cannot do anything with this roster right now. So, you know, stepping down in Houston was like an admission of wrongs for him. And then he goes into Philadelphia now where they have two really, really good young players and Ben Simmons yeah. and Joel Embiid. Uh, they have, Guys like Tobias Harris, you know, Josh Richardson and Al Horford, uh, a couple young guys in, Mat- in Matisse Stiebel and Shake Milton. So there's more for him to do there um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, building a team around two really great players. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what role Elton Brand has on this team because he used to be the decision maker. Now you figure with Daryl Morey there, who was pretty successful in, in Houston overall. Right. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, you know, the, the win and loss record while he was a part of that team, uh, very impressive. I, I think that they had something like the most consecutive playoff runs, you know, um, for an NBA franchise at one point while he was there. So, you know, a lot of interesting things there. I do think that Philadelphia did a great job in getting probably the best guy that was available to do the job yeah. there because. They're going to want to contend soon. The Eastern Conference is is probably going to be kind of wide open this season. Um, I really just I, I'm a big fan of the move, though, um, to be honest with yeah. you, Grana. I think that, you know, they got contracts that he can move there. They got players that they can build around. They got a little bit of draft draft assets yeah. and they have a good NBA head coach and Doc Rivers, you know, who is a former yeah. NBA champion. And so one other things that I was looking up was his, uh, his record. So how would you say, um, you know, his record when he was with Houston? Yeah. I mean, I think that the record is great. I mean, as a general manager, you can only assemble a team, right? You can't coach. So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting a guy like James Harden, who was a pretty significant risk, at the time, no one knew that he was going to be a, a future league MVP. They gave up an established player in a Kevin Martin and some picks. They end up getting James Harden back. And then under Daryl Morey having James Harden, he realized that this is a guy I can build around. He drafted a, a guy by the name of Chandler Parsons in the second mm-hmm. round, who was a, a good get for Houston, right? He mm-hmm. eventually got hurt a lot and signed yeah. big contracts in a lot of other places. Um, but you know, he capitalized on Chandler Parsons, you know, little stretch of being a really good NBA player in Houston and then got rid of him before he got yeah. hurt. Um, brings in a guy like Dwight Howard, who everybody wanted when he was available. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, again, he can't coach the team. He had guys like Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady on a team that was always hurt. Guys like Shane Battier, Louis yeah. Skull. Like, he has got some really great talent to play for the Houston Rockets. The problem has been, you know, either coaching with guys like Kevin McHale, um, conditioning and injuries with guys like, you know, Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming, or just bad luck in the, in the finals, right. With uh, the Chris Paul injury against the Golden State Warriors. So he has been um, probably one of the more active and successful general managers solely based on, you know, the transaction part of the job. The success comes with the coach or mm-hmm. or goes with the coach either, you know, either one way or the other. Um, 
I think though that the record there, I mean, he's they obviously won more than they lost with him there. They always got somebody um with cachet, someone with a league wide credit um yeah. to come and play for him there. And I think with the team that he has in Philadelphia now, with I think one of the biggest questions with Philadelphia now is, you know, do you trade Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons or do you try to make it work? I think that they're going to try to make it work because they have playing styles that a lot of people think just don't play well together yeah. because Ben Simmons won't shoot the ball that much. And there's always been criticism of Joel Embiid's effort. So I think that they're going to try to make it work, but they have the right general manager to ensure that if they do move one of those players or any player at all, that they're mm-hmm. going to come out at least on top on paper and, and he'll leave it up to Doc Rivers, who I mentioned earlier, is a great NBA head coach and a championship you know, level head coach. He's going to leave it up to him to try to be successful with the pieces that he has mm-hmm. built around him. And that's that's really that's a that's really about it. I don't really have any other questions with with Daryl. Okay. So. And I believe that that was the last little bit of um, segments yeah. that we had or or, mm-hmm. or discussion points. But um, Brianna, sweetie, I just want to thank you so much for you know spending your evening with me here on the computer. I'm sure that we're going <laughs> to spend more time together when we're yeah. done off of here, right? But um, I just really appreciate you stepping in um to those watching or listening who didn't catch the beginning of the show, my buddy Austin just um, wanted to spend time with the family today, which, you mm-hmm. know, I totally get. I consider myself to be a family man. Brianna, you could correct me on the air if, if I'm wrong. But um, <laughs> you I, are. I you consider are. myself to be a family man. So <laughs> I know what it's like to want to spend time with your family. So Austin as well. He just wanted to, like I said, spend time with the wife and kid. But um Brianna, I've had time spending, I've had fun spending time with you here on the show. So uh, just again, I appreciate you, sweetheart. Um, You're probably going to be famous now because, you know, (laughs) girls that talk sports and can, you know, that are obviously pretty to look at, um, pretty get a lot of offers, right? So you're probably going to be more famous than me by the end of the night. But um, Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) But um, sweetheart, I I do greatly appreciate you um, stepping in and wanting to, you know, spend time with me. It means a lot to me. But um, before we go, I just want to, again, remind everybody just to go to facebook.com forward slash off the ball network to follow our Facebook page on there. Go to Twitter at OTB underscore network to follow the, the network there or at on Instagram at off the ball network. You can find us there. Uh, as for our show in particular, breaking the game, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BTG NBA pod, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BTG NBA pod and follow the show there. But for Austin, who again, isn't on the show tonight for my beautiful, lovely wife who did a tremendous job. I'm just going to go ahead and give you solo round of applause for the great work that you did tonight sweetheart um for for brianna uh, i'm steven gillespie we're the breaking the game podcast brought to you by off the ball network you guys have a great night brianna say something nice to the people before we go uh just be sure to keep following steven because one day he'll be famous and you can say you knew him before he became famous i don't know Oh, I said say something nice to the people, not to oh, me, but I, okay. but I'll but I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. That was really nice. <laughs> yeah, but well, all right, you guys. guys. For watching. Yep. Much love, everybody.